Hello, and welcome back to For the Souls podcast, where we talk about shit that actually matters. I am your host, Aime, and I know it has been so long for my listeners, loyal listeners. It has been a month since I last recorded, and truthfully, y'all, you guys know how I am about prioritizing my kids and prioritizing my family. I'm recently married, which I've, you know, couldn't highlight enough because I said that in my last, like, two episodes, I think. But, um, you know, summer hit and it was time to just like regroup, refigure out a schedule, having all the kids at the house and y'all know kids, you know, you got to get a routine going on. And I'm a very structured person. So I told myself, you know what, this first month of my kids is summer. Let me just dedicate it to them. Let my soul focus be on them. Let's get into a routine um, and just be present for my children because those are the things that matter to me most. Although this is my passion, it comes on the back burner when it comes to prioritizing my family. And I advise that everybody does that. You know, your your life should be catered to making the most memories and spending the most time with your children. I really believe that because your children only have one childhood that they can look back and what you are making it now is what they are going to remember. So just keep that in mind, you guys. That is why I have been a little bit MIA from podcasting, but I am back. I also have some big changes that are going to be happening soon with the podcast studio. Well, technically I'm in my extra room, but it is my studio, okay? But I'm going to put it in, hopefully, a new studio that is, like, legit where I can have people come over and record there. And shout out Anna that is hooking that up for me. I really appreciate you, girl, if you're listening. I have had recently two videos go viral where I'm talking about just, like, Mexican-Hispanic culture. And I have gained quite a lot of new followers. So if you are someone who is a new follower, who is a new listener to the podcast, a little bit about myself, I am 27 years old, about to be 28 in like six days. I have four children. I am married and I have gone through just about almost everything that you could think of in life. And I have dedicated this platform and my content creating to helping people become the victors of their life and helping people shift their perspective and make something of the circumstances that they were dealt because oftentimes we live through adversity that keeps us in this place of bondage and hopelessness and my goal has always been on my platform actually not always because back in the day I used to be a degenerate okay and I used to do some crazy ass videos but My goal now that I am a healed person and a mature person and a grown person and I understand the sanctity and value of life is to create content that inspires others to reach for their fullest potential. And I do that by making myself vulnerable on here and sharing things that others wouldn't share, oversharing, um, giving these observations and opinions that are controversial and doing all of that in hopes that you guys feel seen and you feel heard and you feel validated and you know that regardless of the life that you've lived and the things that you have gone through, I am living proof that if you have the will and desire enough, you can get through it and you can make something of yourself. And this is truly my passion. And I know not a lot of people are going to understand me. Some people just think like, what I'm doing, I should just be doing something else with my time, which is fine. I've always been a super deep person. I don't expect people to understand me, but the ones that feel me, feel me. 
And we are a community of people dedicated to healing ourselves. And in turn, that light that we spark in ourselves is going to light the light in others. And that is my main focus in what I do and why I'm so open and why I put myself on display like that. So for all my new listeners, that's just how I am. You know, I grew up a little hood. I'm Chicana. I'm, you know, dedicated to being a good mom. I believe in being a good wife. I put God first above all. That is just where I'm at. And I respect you if you respect me. Now, if you don't respect me, you feel me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the old me would have got crazy. Not me no more, okay? I'm a changed woman. Now, I might get crazy a little bit. You know, catch me on a good day. Um, but yeah, let's finally get into the topic of this video. So lately, we've been talking about healing as a mother, right? And what that journey looks like. And I always tell people, as y'all know, or if you don't know, I run a mentorship program, but I always tell my ladies like, and even I try to push this in my content is that we should be having the desire to heal ourselves, you know, before we get in committed relationships, before we have children, because overall that will just set a healthy foundation, right? If you begin the process early on and being proactive about it. But I want to be very realistic with you guys, okay? You could heal yourself as much as you can, but when you find your person, when you have children, they will bring out the things in you that you didn't even know you had to heal. So there is no like perfect time to like get in a relationship or have children when it falls upon you is the perfect time, okay? You don't gotta be this renowned, super healed person that before you make those big life decisions, all right? And another thing too, you guys, the healing journey is never ending. It never ends, it's constant. And we are constantly evolving as people. Our, our perspectives are constantly changing. We're constantly learning new things. We're in new chapters and new phases of our lives that two years ago we might have felt some way about something. And then two years from now we're like, oh, I understand now what I didn't understand back then, you know. So the healing process is a journey. But let's break that down of what it looked like, what it looks like when you're a mom and you're healing. Now I'm going to share with you guys what it looked like for me, Okay. So as many of you know, and those of you might not know, um, I got pregnant very young. I got pregnant at 17, had my daughter at 18 years old. I was in a domestically violent relationship at that time. I got myself out of that relationship and I fell victim to drugs because I think just the weight of my life on top of what I was living in that moment, I think it finally reached that point where it was too heavy and I was trying to be strong, right? Quote unquote, strong for my daughter and the way that I was finding my strength was in doing drugs because it numbed all of the adversity that I didn't know how to navigate through, right? So it came a point in my addiction that um, I was pretty much homeless. I was, you know, a friend was letting me sleep on her couch occasionally with my daughter. And the day came that I literally had nine dollars to my name I realized I had lost my car I had dropped out of college my family wasn't speaking to me and not only were they not speaking to me I wasn't coming around because when you're an addict you think that people can't tell that you are an addict and you think that if you stay away or if you don't come around they're not going to know that something's wrong and like 
And addict's mentality is you genuinely believe that you're like invincible and that you are like normal when you do not look normal. I was like 110 pounds and I'm my average like weight is like 135, 140. I was 110 pounds, double zero clothes. Like homie, I looked sick, sick. So, and, and drugs will make you think you're beautiful because I really thought I was just fabulous, okay? Looking ill, dark circles under my eyes, swollen eyelids because crystal meth has you up all night type of thing. Anyways, um, the day came that we had $9 to my name. I'm realizing the circumstances of my living situation. I'm realizing like, wow, how am I going to feed my daughter? I have no car. I've lost everything. And that for me was rock bottom, completely rock bottom. And I remember looking at my homegirl and telling her, you know what? I'm done. I'm kicking this. I can't do this anymore. Something in my life has to change. Like this isn't it for me. Like I didn't survive a suicide attempt to be here. And I thought to myself, my mom who migrated from Mexico came over here, broke the cycles in her family because her mother was an addict, broke the cycles, gave me a better life. There's no way that my mom went through all that adversity, that trauma in her life and survived it only for me, a first generation Mexican-American, to be sitting here doing the shit that I'm doing and fucking off my life. And there was this deep sense of dishonor that I felt like I was not only giving myself, but giving the hardships of my mother and and what she has put into giving me a better life. And, and in turn, what I was doing to my daughter. How, how could I have all these advantages and these privileges of being born here in the United States, my mother breaking the cycles that she broke, having a better life than my mother had, and yet I am not making that circumstance better for my daughter. In fact, I'm making it worse. I had to get to that rock bottom place to get that epiphany and have the ganas to actually change what needed to be changed. And so, you know, I I called upon my mom and I called her and I said, mother, I am sick and I just I need you to be my strength. I need you to be here for me. And my mom came. She came. She gave me food. She gave me Gatorade. She would visit me. I withdrawed for a week. Um, and at the end of my withdrawal, I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, I fully surrender to you. I mean, I grew up, you know, I, ba I was baptized Catholic. I grew up Christian and, um, I was in and out of the church. I was always one of those people that was like, you know, skeptic of religion, skeptic of God. I always was like, listen, like, I don't know. I hear what people are telling me, but it doesn't really resonate with me. And when you're going through shit in your life, when you have people preaching to you and teaching you, telling you like, hey, this is what you could and could be doing that's better and shit. You don't be wanting to hear it. Honestly, you don't want to hear it because you think that you know it all. And that's how I was when people would tell me the wisdom that they had through through the Lord, through their connection with the Lord or just wisdom of life. I didn't want to hear that shit. I thought I knew everything, you know. So I could never receive the things that people were telling me. But in this moment that I surrendered to the Lord and I said to Lord, Lord, listen, I've blamed you for some of the suffering in my life. But if you can restore my life, if you work in my life, I will always honor the healing that you do in my life because I cannot do this anymore. I have tried all the things that I can humanly possible and I need the help of a higher power. And I don't know if you're real and I don't I don't know, Lord, but if you come through for me and restore my life. I will forever speak of the wonders that you have done for me. 
And I kid you not, it was like this peace that overcame my body. It was this, this, all of a sudden, this contentness of that everything was going to be okay. This hopelessness that I had once felt, I, it was gone. And before I knew it, I started getting these, these epiphanies of things that I have to do. I started getting these, these ideas that, that I was once, I, I was once not thinking about. And I couldn't explain why all of a sudden I was thinking like things like, you know what? One of the biggest things that affected me was the fact that my stepdad didn't treat me like his own and he didn't love me. I need to go talk to him and I need to have a conversation with him and I need to have an open heart and I need to say, hey, listen, let's just have a really candid, honest conversation. And even if he sits there and tells me he doesn't love me, even if he sits there and doesn't even tell me he's sorry, I am going to build the relationship that I can with him with what we've got and I'm going to choose grace over resentment and I'm going to choose to forgive him. And I wouldn't have thought of shit like that before. Before I was like, man, fuck my dad. Like, how could you raise me and not take care of me as your own? You've been in my life since I was nine months old and, and you are a coward. You can't, you can't love me. You can't protect me. You don't give a shit about me. That was my mentality before. But when I surrendered to the Lord, he, he instilled this, this gracious heart in me, right? So then I started getting these epiphanies of what to fix and how to fix it. And I started realizing like, oh shit, some situations require forgiveness. Some, some situations require accountability. Like for instance, falling, being a drug addict, right? I could have easily blamed the fact that I became a drug addict on the fact that I wasn't loved as a child, didn't have my real father, that I was getting hit in my relationship, that I got sexually assaulted at 13. I could have used all those excuses to remain a drug addict, right? But when I chose to surrender to the Lord, I realized, Amy, you got to be accountable for what you can control. And the truth of the matter is you have come to an age where you know right from wrong and you continuously choose wrong. And your scapegoat is to say, well, I've had X, Y, and Z happen to me. Therefore, I am justified in making the wrong decisions in my life. I am justified in loathing in my suffering. I am justified in blaming everyone else other than myself. And when I stopped and took a look in the mirror and was finally able to be accountable for the things that I could control, and I accepted that I was digging my own hole to an extent I was able to gain my power back. I was able to say, you know what? Hell no. Nope. I am no longer going to let myself be in bondage of suffering. I am no longer going to let the things that I went through control my decision making or control my perspective on life. If I want to be a changed person and I want to be a better person, then I have to shift my perspective. And I have to start looking at things through the lens of graciousness, through the lens of forgiveness, through the, through the lens of gratefulness, being grateful for what I did have, being grateful for what was taught to me, being grateful for the opportunities I could cultivate. And when I shifted that perspective, the true healing really started for me. And I went through and everything that would come to my mind because people be like well where do I start how do I start healing and this is what I tell people when they ask me this for what I did in my own journey was I took myself back to the earliest memory that I have of being completely happy before life corrupted me and the memory that I had I was personally three years old I remember just being at the park no no worry in the world and I sat with that emotion I sat with who I was before the pain of life had influenced who I had become. 
And I held on to that feeling and I told myself, I may get back to her because that is the true you. That is that is that was the pure you. That was the you before all this turmoil manifested in your spirit. And I held on to that and I promised myself I was never going to let that feeling go and that I would do anything to get back to being who I know I am. And I would stand and face whatever I needed to face in order to get back to being who I know I am, which is that little girl, which is the deep thinker that loves the trees and loves the grass and is a jokester and isn't optimistic. Maybe, maybe, uh, what's that word? Maybe too optimistic. You know what I mean? Because yeah, I'm a good person. I do tend people, you know, there's people that tend to get over on me because I do have a gracious heart, but I'd, I'd rather be this way than cold. You know what I'm saying? And I want to get back to her regardless of what comes with the adversity in getting back to her. And so I in embedded and ingrained that feeling of her in my spirit. And then one by one, everything that would pop up in my mind, either a memory that really affected me, a situation that really affected me, a person that really affected me, I would walk my through myself through each situation and almost like hold my own hand through it. And an example that I can give you guys, okay, is is forgiving my mother, right? I always held a lot of resentment towards my mom because I had felt that she put my stepdad and and the children that she had with him before me. And I felt like I always had to get the short end of the stick growing up. And I really just felt like I was the one outcasted in my family. I was the black sheep. And I was I used to be so frustrated at how a mother could do that. Like, how could you let your child go through the things that I had gone through? I got, like, kicked out at 17. I, I got thrown into life, you know? And part of me walking myself through that resentment that I had toward, towards my mother was I sat and I took myself out of being her child. I took myself out of this idea that children have of what their parents should be. Because truthfully, as kids, right, as kids, we we look at our parents as superheroes. We look at them as like, because you were gifted the responsibility of being our parent, you are supposed to know how to be a good parent. And the truth of the matter is, is that our parents are having human experiences and we do not all process things the same way. You may see clearly is how someone should change or how your parents should change. They might not have that discernment that you have. They might not have that spirit that you have to be able to recognize where they need to change or the integrity enough to change it. And as kids, we really hold our parents to that standard and to an extent we should, right? But at what point do we show graciousness? And so in for me forgiving my mother, I took myself out of being her child and for the first time looked at her as a, as a woman, as a human, as someone who migrated here and had that, that hard life of migrating here. She didn't have time for emotions. She didn't have time to process. Everything was suppression and survival. And, and being the oldest of her family and, and living with a drug addict mother and trying to fight to give me a better life, even though she got pregnant at 16 and... Her immediate family was considered the black sheep of our main family. You know what I'm saying? And I sat there and I said, wow, my mom took all this shit to the chin. She never let it break her. My mom has been the epitome of the example of a strong woman. And yet I have spent all my time persecuting her for everything that she didn't do right that I thought she should have done. 
And now I'm a mom and now I'm raising my children and now I see how hard it is. Now I see that actually, in fact, it's not that us parents, we're supposed to know everything. The truth of the matter is our kids are the ones that teach us if we are a diligent parent. And my mom was diligent in other ways, but when it came to being emotionally diligent, she wasn't. And because I'm an emotional person, I thought that that meant that she loved me less or wasn't willing to fight for me. And I realized that I have been wrong in judging my mom in that sense. And so I walked my inner child through the forgiveness process in forgiving my mom for what she did not know how to heal and what she did not know how to break. And I gave myself the responsibility, well, if I know how to break this and if I am gifted the wisdom on how to break this particular cycle, then I will help my mother get to that wisdom instead of looking at it as like she's supposed to be teaching me because she's my mother. Which she couldn't heal in her because I have the knowledge to heal it. I will heal in my mother. And that's the least that I could do. She birthed me. She gave me life. She gave me a better life. She wasn't perfect. But her whole life has been around her children. And, and our well-being has always come first to my mom. And I see it now more than ever because she's sacrificed so much of her own desires to give us a better life. And she willfully did it. She she carries that shit like a badge of honor. It's not something that made her have resentment. I mean, I don't think she hasn't told me, but, it, you know, she, we are her life. She deserves for me to share with her and teach her as much as she has taught me. And why would I sit here with my nose in the air and say, you know what, because she's my mom, I'm not going to teach her and I'm not going to give her the opportunity and I'm not going to forgive her and I'm going to hold on to resentment. Hell no, you know? So that's an example that I can give you of how I walked myself through that. And the thing is, when you're on this journey, it's really hard to explain to you guys how to heal because the healing looks different for everybody. Because everybody's circumstance is different. Everybody has lived different situations. Everyone has gone through different traumas. They all may be similar, but they're different. And everyone has different personality types. So what may work for me may not work for you. I'm a very much, I, I like to stand in the face of my trauma and I like to say like this stops with me and I challenge myself all the time I challenge myself to be gracious I I literally this is going to sound so cliche but I genuinely try to live my life thinking okay if Jesus was alive from what I've learned of him why can't I have the pureness that he had you know and some would argue well you know there was a lot of atrocities and all this shit. And my thing is balance, okay? I've always said you should strive to be a peaceful person who is capable of war. You get what I'm saying? Like, you you should know how to take shit there if you need to take shit there. But your ultimate goal should be to not have to take shit there. Because that is survival. Being being someone who truly survives life, I feel like, is being someone who is gracious, someone who is compassionate, someone who has an open heart, an open mind, willing to learn, but also someone who you know you can't play with. You can't be a fool. You can't let yourself get walked all over. And I live by that shit. I'm always down to learn. I'll give respect where respect is given. Don't talk to me like you think you could play me, though. Don't sit here and think that you could take my kindness for weakness and don't think that I'll just sit there and take it because I won't. It actually makes me stand up against you and have to show you like, hey, my graciousness doesn't make me a fool. My wisdom 
has protected you from the wrath that I could give you. And this is a fair warning. Take it with a grain of salt if you want. But now next, if you try me, I'm going to stand my ground. And you're going to see the other side of me. And I think that's how life should be. I feel like people should be balanced like that. You know what I'm saying? Anyways, back to the healing journey. That was a little off. The healing journey as a mother isn't an easy one because you're trying to raise kids while also raising the little you inside of you. Raising your inner child. And there's going to be a lot of moments where you feel like the darkness is so suffocating. But I want to tell you something, okay? Rock bottom is a great place to be because when you're at rock bottom, there is nowhere to go but up. And when there's nowhere to go but up, the sky is the limit. And not only this, being at rock bottom creates a space for you to cultivate a foundation for yourself. Now, if you came from a family that was traumatizing, if you came from situations growing up that were traumatizing and your foundation was built on paper, when you hit rock bottom, you actually have the opportunity to rebuild that foundation in a way in which you see fit. It just requires for you to sit with yourself and really ask yourself, what kind of person do you want to be? What kind of person is a healed person to you? What kind of person is a strong person to you? What character traits does a person take to overcome the adversity in their life? And when you have an idea of, of that kind of person that you would like to be and see for yourself and envision for yourself, you begin to cultivate that foundation. You begin to start acting like what a strong person would act like or what a wise person would act like or what a gracious person would act like, right? And now you have taken back the power in your life. I actually get excited when people hit rock bottom because truthfully, sometimes rock bottom is the only time people will learn. A lot of people have this desire to learn in their heart, but because they ain't suffered enough yet, they ain't got the integrity and the discipline to keep going. It's only when they hit rock bottom that they really realize like, oh shit, I need to change. And change is a beautiful thing. Rock bottom is a beautiful thing. You just got to know the tools on how to overcome it, which is why I do what I do, which is why I'm here telling you guys the tools that I did, the things that I've done. Not only that, you guys, healing is never ending. My children are constantly teaching me things about myself, constantly teaching me the kind of mother that I want to be, the influences I want to allow them to be around, the influences I don't want them to be around, the kind of influence that I want to be, you know, um, it taught me the importance of teaching my kids emotional intelligence, creating a space for my kids to come and talk to me and, and share their opinions with me where they feel I could be being better as a mother or, or if where my husband could be better as a father. Teaching my children integrity, teaching my children perspective. You know what I mean? I'm really big on allowing my children to get through their problems and only interjecting when I need to guide them a more positive route you know like I have one really pessimistic daughter I have one really optimistic daughter and they balance each other out and I, and I let them go through those things and I only interject when I really really need to give them some seeds of wisdom you know what I mean the healing journey as a mother requires that you have the heart enough to allow yourself to feel everything and a lot of us have become experts in suppressing how we feel and a lot of us are unconscious about how that suppression actually is feeding a disconnect with our children. When you suppress your emotions and convince yourself that in suppressing your emotions, you're actually being strong. What you are teaching your children is that 
facing your emotions is actually too hard of a task. So therefore, you have to act like they're not there, which then creates this disassociation in your spirit and you're not even realizing you can't even connect with your children emotionally because you spent your whole life suppressing and now you show them that that's what that's how you deal with hard emotions and now they are master suppressors now they don't know how to be affectionate now they don't know how to be loving now hugs are weird for them now even talking and saying I love you's are weird for them and when you grew up in a household where your parents didn't give you that love, when your parents didn't give you that affection, it feels uncomfortable. It feels uncomfortable to hug your child. It feels uncomfortable to say, I love you. And as mothers and as fathers, we feel guilty for that uncomfortableness. We feel guilty that like, why wouldn't I want to just hug and embrace my child? And it's not because you don't love them. It's because you were never taught that love was okay. You were never taught that you are loved. And healing that is allowing yourself to be uncomfortable, is pushing yourself to give the hugs, pushing yourself to say the I love yous. But most importantly, loving your parents, even though they were incapable of loving you the way you needed to be loved and forgiving them for not understanding how to do that for you. That is healing as a mother. That is healing as a father. Stepping in those uncomfortable moments, acting in those uncomfortable moments. The truth is the healing process is not comfortable. It's actually very uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable. It is very challenging. And, and I get a lot of girls in the mentorship program that are like, girl, I started this program and I feel like everything is going wrong left and right. And I feel like, you know, the moment that I decided to heal myself is when all these bad things started happening. You would think that because I want to heal myself, all these good things would happen. But this is what people don't understand, right? You pray for patience, you're going to be put in situations that require patience. You pray for peace, you're going to be put in situations that make you want war. You pray for wisdom, you're going to be put in situations that cause confusion. You're not just gifted those things. You're not just gifted those abilities. You work for them. And the way you work for them is by going through those challenging moments and proving to yourself that you can get through them. So anytime I'm in a rut, anytime I'm at a low point in life, I always know I'm about to elevate. I always know there's something new that I'm about to learn. There's something that's being taught to me because I understand that in that darkness is the lesson. And then the lesson will lead to the light. It's just a matter of me paying attention to what the lesson is. And so even though it feels fucking ugly to be in a rut, even though it feels like you're getting hit back to back with all kinds of shit and you're just trying to be a good person, actually, it is making you be a good person. It's challenging you to be the person that you want to be. Every opportunity for your mind and spirit to be challenged is an opportunity for you to grow as a person. And that's how you need to start looking at the things. That is how you shift your perspective to see that it's not, it's not the world attacking you. It's the world building you. It's the world showing you what you once did not see. You asked for these things. You asked to elevate. You asked to heal, right? You asked to grow. Now you're going to be put in situations that will cultivate that growth. And growth is not comfortable, nor is it easy. But it's rewarding because at the end of that tunnel, what you will find at the end of those days that you cry as a mom and you're like, did I do good today? Was I too hard today? Man, today my inner child got triggered. At the end of those days, right, 
you have that awareness, you have that discernment, you have that wisdom, and you have the opportunity to change that tomorrow. And that is the blessing. And you practice at it every single day. And then you start seeing the changes in your children. You start seeing the changes in your husband. I'll tell you this. I started my healing journey seven years ago. My husband, he wasn't my husband yet, but we were not on the same page. We went through a lot of growing pains. We were on the verge of separation because I was growing at a faster pace than him. My children were still rather little. They were, you know, my oldest, I think, was like around four, you know, four or five. Then her sister, three, they were still very little. It's been seven years now. And I have seen my husband transform into such a more emotionally intelligent man. And I know that a big part of it is because I chose to heal and stay dedicated to that healing as a woman. And that influence as, as the feminine in our relationship showed him and cultivated the space where he can grow as a man. Not only that, I've seen it in my children. And I used to sit seven years ago, five years ago, three years ago, I would ask myself, when am I going to see the change? I feel like I've been working at this for so long and I haven't seen change yet. Guess what? My daughters, they have such a deep level of emotional intelligence. It brings me to tears. Because I never had that growing up. I, I could not process my emotions at all. And so it manifested as anger, as fighting, as all these things. And when my daughters articulate with me how they feel, articulate with each other how they feel, the way they problem solve, the way they have such control over their thoughts, I've realized that that is the result of my healing. What my mom couldn't heal in me, that I healed in me, I instilled in my children how to harbor that strength. I'm finally, seven years later, later, seeing the fruits of my labor. And it's such a rewarding feeling to see that I've put in this hard work and I continue to put in this hard work and it pays off. It pays off in my husband. It pays off in my children. It pays off in my life my relationships, my friendships. And it's hard because part of the healing process, you know, as a mother, as a father, as a person, you lose people along the way. Sometimes you lose friends that you thought oh, I was going to be in your life forever. Sometimes you lose connection with family members because where they're at in life no longer serves where you're trying to go. And it's not beef. It's not beef with nobody you fall off with. It's just we're on two different paths. And the path that you're on, I wish you the best. But the path that I'm on, it's not conducive to, to what I want in my life. And it's okay to be selfish with that. And it's okay to grieve losing someone or growing apart from somebody or not being as close with your family as you once were because your, your focus is on breaking those cycles. Your focus is on being conscious about what you surround yourself with and who you surround yourself with because we've got one life to live. And we can't waste that time being iffy about people and questioning our circle and questioning trust. And personally, you guys, I've lived through so much shit in my life that I don't have no space anymore to, to, to trust people. And I know that probably sounds counterproductive to the fact that I'm on this healing journey, right? But let me clarify that for you guys, all right? I don't trust anybody, but I have faith in everyone. Life and what I've seen people do to me has made me very distrustful of people. 
but I have a gracious heart and I have a very deep understanding of faith. I have faith that people won't do me wrong, but trust equals expectations. If I trust you, I expect for you to be loyal. If I have faith in you, I don't have that expectation of you being loyal. Therefore, when you do something that isn't, it's not going to hurt me. I just walk away. See, when I would trust people, I would have the expectation that because I trust them, you should be loyal. And when they weren't loyal, that betrayal would hit me 10 times harder. And so I've learned that I don't want the, the things that I've gone through in life that have hurt me, that have made me this person that doesn't trust people to turn me cold. To make me feel like I can't connect. So I've chose faith and I've chose graciousness and that has created a space for me to be okay when someone no longer fits my life. To be okay when someone does me dirty. To be okay when, when I am betrayed. Because the expectation was never there. And that is just, that is how I navigate through, through that. You know, I got mad PTSD with some of the shit that I've lived. You know what I'm saying? And, and rightfully so, because I've lived some ugly shit. And I work on it every day. Every day I challenge myself to, to, you know, sit with my triggers. And it's a long process. And I can't sit here and tell you guys if it's ever going to go away or when it goes away. But I will tell you this. It gets better. It gets easier. It's not as hard. It's always hard right when you're trying to fix it. But it, it, goes, away, it goes away. It tapers down. That pain ain't as heavy. You learn how to get through it. What normally would have taken you a month to overcome begins to only take you three weeks, begins to only take you two, begins to only take one. Then you're down to two days of being in a funk and you're like, okay, it passed. I let myself feel it. So I know I touched on a lot of topics, you guys, but th this literally is the perfect representation of healing. Healing is all over the place. There is not one definite way of how to do it or the right way to do it or whatever, right? But for me, it took surrendering. For you, it might be acceptance. For you, it might be, you know, feeling all your emotions, you know. You know you better than I know you. So you have to sit with yourself and you got to ask yourself, what, who do you want to be? What kind of life do you want to have? What kind of mother do you want to be? What kind of father do you want to be? What kind of person do you want to be to the world? And once you know what kind of person you have an idea of, you start thinking about, well, what does a person like that act like? What does a person like that think like? What does a person like that do on a day-to-day -day basis? And ask to become that person. Tell yourself you're going to become that person and understand that you are going to be put in plenty of situations that you feel like you are under attack, but it's actually cultivating your growth. All those challenging situations are an opportunity for you to put in the work in becoming who you want to become and as life goes on we're constantly growing we're constantly evolving our perspectives are constantly changing therefore you're constantly healing your children grow your spouse grows they will teach you and show you things that you didn't even know you had to heal or new things that you have to face or you see in them things that they need to heal and you give to them what they need. And that is the beauty of healing. So although the healing journey as a mom is a tough one, although it requires a lot of work, a lot of patience, a lot of self-awareness, a lot of integrity, 
It is a very rewarding one because you literally will see the fruits of your labor as time goes on. You will see it in your children. You'll see it in your spouse. You'll see it in your family. And that will be the affirmation that you need. And I promise you, it will get there. Like, I promise you that. That is something I can guarantee. Okay? I can guarantee everything around you will improve. And the reason why I guarantee this, right, because some of y'all might be like, well, you know, what if something bad happens and this is that? Every loss ain't a loss. It's a gain. When you start healing, you realize that the good and the bad serves you purpose, is in your favor. We're just human. We, we're unable to see the good and the bad when we're in the bad. You feel me? But I promise you, what is for you will be for you when you're healing. And it's so worth all those challenging nights. It is so worth all the tears. It is so worth the moments you feel guilty. It's so worth the, the work that you're putting in to be a better person. Anyways, you guys, that is the end of this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate all of you. If you haven't followed me, follow me. My YouTube is I see Amy or at For the Souls Podcast. Um, I'm also available on Instagram at For the Souls Podcast, or you can follow me on my personal page, which is I see Amy, I C Y A Y M E underscore, and TikTok, which is also at For the Souls Podcast. Like, share, give it a thumbs up, send to a friend, put a little clip that you like the most, tag me in it. You guys engaging in my content gives me the most traction, like for real. So when you guys like my stuff, when you guys share my stuff, when you guys comment and interact with me, it helps my algorithms get out there and show more people what it is that I'm doing. And I'm, listen, I'm in the business of bringing real back. I'm in the business of bringing authenticity back. I'm in the business of, of changing culture and, and putting us real ones back on top you know, and, and really just uh, showing the youth that all these other little influencers that live in fantasy land, that ain't real life. Real life is real shit. And that's why I like to talk about real shit on this podcast. So do me a favor. Do me a solid. If you fuck with me, help me out in that way. It's really appreciated. That being said, you guys all have a wonderful day. All love. Always. Always. Bye bye.